Hello everyone and welcome back to episode 86 of the Knowing... Is it 86? Is it 87? 87, I believe. It's 87, sorry, of the Knowing Wheel podcast. Yesterday we return to the end of F1 in 2022. It's it's all over. Abu Dhabi, as always, gave us an absolutely cracking race. <laughs> uh, so there's going to be plenty to talk about today. But of course, you will have already heard the sweet, sultry tones of Mr. Oh, 183 yes. alongside me. How, how are we doing, mate? I'm good. I, I actually enjoyed the race a little bit um, because I'm not a Lewis Hamilton fan. So I'll give the biased, uh, the unbiased opinion of saying it was okay. It, for was, race. it was pretty dull. You, you can't argue. It, it was... wasn't the worst of the season. No, but that's because Mexico's still there. Yeah, and Monaco. And Monaco. But it was pretty, pretty dull, let's be fair. Because mm. I think this was the thing, wasn't it, going into Abu Dhabi? Of course, last year... The race, again, was pretty dull, but we remember it for the absolute daylight robbery. Um, mm. So we, we kind of didn't know what was <laughs> going to happen tongue. this weekend. Like, whether the track changes would actually work at all. There was a lot of there was a lot of action. It just was all irrelevant. Yeah, a bit like, well, a lot of Brazil last weekend, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, of course... But shall we get straight into it? Well, I'll quickly before plugs. we get straight into this, we'll we'll quickly just plug everything down below. If you're watching this on YouTube, make sure you check out Spotify. We've got links to buy, bit, manscaped, all that good stuff uh, will be linked down in the description. Yeah, I just want to say, of course, a massive thank you to everyone that has tuned in on Spotify over the course of the year. I think, Jamie, let me just double-check this before I say with any confidence, I think we're close to 10,000 streams across wow. the show, which, for our little old rambly F1 podcast... That's really good. Yeah, we're up to 9,900 streams, which is... That's more than 100 a video, and we started off with nothing. Wow. Exactly. We started from the bottom, now we're here. Um... <laughs> All right, there's a lawsuit going your way. Yeah, it definitely is, yeah. And that's the end of Knowing Wheel. Um, <laughs> I mean, let's. I mean, we had a few talking points, of course, going into the weekend, which we discussed last week. Obviously, Perez versus Leclerc was the hyped-up one. Um, more importantly, of course, was Logan Sargent potentially off to Williams for 2022. Um, but then we kind Three, of... 2023. Accident- 2023, sorry, yes, of course. Uh, then we kind of accidentally, um, Helmut Marco in his old age, kind of re- confirmed Ricardo and then took it back and then confirmed it again, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's looking like he'll go to Red Bull as a third driver just for vibes, really. Because they've still got Lawson as reserve. So he Ricardo won't actually have any work to do. He'll just be sort of messing around doing show days and stuff, which sounds perfect for him, really. It does, doesn't it? Um, it's like backup goalkeeper. And an F1 third driver. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ideal jobs in the world. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think, really, I mean, Ricardo's just banking on Perez having a stinker next year, isn't he? To try and get yeah. back into that <clears throat> F1 seat. Which wouldn't surprise me if Red Bull, like, if that happened. But still seems a bit unlikely, doesn't it? Yeah, and also, like, they've they've got a reserve team. Or, like, AlphaTauri exists for a reason. Yeah. I feel like they would not just automatically put Ricardo in. Obviously, if Sonoda or De Vries doesn't have a good season, then maybe they would. But if either of them shows potential, then I reckon they would just go with their juniors. But it's like Perez got into the seat, to be fair. Yeah, it is. I mean, it's Red Bull's junior team. (coughs) Again, we've discussed this recently, haven't we, before? Um, You know, there's still rumblings going around that perhaps they'll get sold off to someone else. I mean, we'll wait and see about that, whether it becomes sort of a Honda Red Bull B-spec team and all this, that, and the other. Um, we've also therefore got... It's not confirmed in any way yet, but it looks more and more likely that Mick's going to be off to Mercedes next year as a reserve yeah. driver, uh, which, again, seems... It, it seems all it right. It makes a bit I mean, of sense, yeah. Yeah, I mean, obviously, Michael Schumacher was a Mercedes junior for quite a few years, of course, often forgotten about uh, after yeah. he went to Formula 1. Of course, he then raced for Mercedes as well in his current guise. Um, but make it, it makes sense, doesn't it? I think he's it just does. praying that he can get into Audi when they come into yeah. Formula 1. Yeah, if he's still relevant by then. Um, but yeah, it makes it makes some sense. Obviously, German team, a lot of history with the family, and they've lost a race to AlphaTauri. So he's a very, he's a very competent reserve driver, absolutely. So, Shame he's yeah. just not very quick. Yeah, yeah, but there we go. He had a bit of a, a shocker this weekend as well. He did. He certainly did. We'll discuss that later on. But, I mean, the, yeah, the other kind of strange announcement, well, I wouldn't say strange announcement, but kind of one that none of us were really expecting, uh, is, of course, that Formula W Academy has been confirmed. Yeah. And I think on Twitter everyone has misunderstood this. Yeah, surprise, surprise. 
Rather, um, rather weird. Because it's basically a W series feeder series. Yes. But so they haven't still... labelled it as such, but they've also no. said it will be. Yeah, they haven't. So it's called, is it called Formula Academy or something? Yes. So there's nothing in the title related to W series or woman series or anything like that. Because but... Formula One don't own W series. Don't, no. What people forget is W series were paying Formula One to feature on their Grand Prix weekends in mm. exactly the same way as Porsche Super Cup. Yeah, so it's not a it's not an FIA feeder series. I think it probably will be eventually. Um, but yeah, it's basically just a feeder series for the W series, which when a lot of the W series drivers are quite young anyway. I mean, it it sort of makes sense to me. I mean, it doesn't it doesn't affect the way F one will work, but it makes sense to get the the female drivers into Grand Prix cars like single seater cars at a younger age, so that their physicality and their everything else can just be worked up from an earlier age which i think in the long term will probably make a difference um but it will still be i think it won't be in the current generation of of female drivers that one of them gets to f1 to be honest i have said on on my own sort of videos before i do believe that the first formula or the first the next female formula one driver i believe is already alive today yeah i'd agree with that um but, I mean, obviously the Academy cars, they're going to be effectively Formula 4 cars. Uh, so, interesting to see, of course, that F1 is trying to sort of bring in this ladder. Because in terms of now performance, you've got F4. W Series and Formula 3 are pretty much the same. But yeah. Formula 3 is slightly faster. F2, F1. So, I mean, it does open up more potential uh, for female drivers, of course, to yeah. either move into W Series or Formula 3. And I think, you know, again, it's it's very, very difficult for us, obviously, because we're both blokes at the end of the day. <laughs> obviously, we, yes. we don't see firsthand a lot of the struggles that younger female drivers can often sort of face. But, you know, giving more drivers the opportunity, of course, there's going to be five teams, isn't it, of three, dri- three yeah. drivers. They're all already in, like, around Formula One or, for- or Junior Formula. So I'm going to go out on a limb and say it's probably Prima... Carlin, MP, ART. ART, and Campos. They Perhaps. still yeah. have form- they yeah, have Campos Formula Two and Formula yeah. Three, don't they? So yeah. those are sort of the five teams I'd imagine it's going to be. I mean, um, people love to just see news like this and just get annoyed for no reason. I just think it doesn't affect anyone negatively. It just gives more people the chance to develop their skills in a single seater. I so. can understand still the discussion, isn't it? Of course, of why don't they just race men? Um, well, because they like the seats are so limited. This is obviously the problem, isn't it? And of course, if it's there's the same all the way up if there's going to be if, like again, if we're talking in comparison to Formula Three here, if there's going to be thirty men that can get more sponsors in, then they're just going to be able to buy up those seats. So it, it does kind of give them a bit of opportunity. Of course, it is uh, partially funded by F1 as well. I think what we're very going to quickly see is W Series sold off. To Formula One as well. Yeah. Um. It will probably be brought under there, and in fact, it might have already happened. We just haven't had confirmation yet. But I, it seems a bit strange that they'd actively make a feeder series to a championship they don't own and have got yeah. no intention yeah. of owning. Um. But I think you know we'll, we'll see how it plays out. Again, we none of us really kind of knew what to expect with W Series, did we? And of course, it was no. quite a big shame that it did get scrapped. Or sorry, the final couple really? of races got scrapped. They ran out of money for this India, year. Um, I mean, they were always going to have a tough time anyway, starting it off in COVID. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it was things like, of course, why are they trying to ship more like to Singapore and Mexico and Cota? You know, yeah. just run yeah. a Formula 3 calendar. Just keep it in Europe. Keep costs low early on. And just yeah. bring it to the races that, you know, consistently provide good Grand Prix as well. Because, but- like, it isn't... Like, I get why they're trying to make it a global thing, but ultimately it is effectively a feeder series yeah even though it's kind of the pinnacle of that like there's nothing above it technically because it's not owned by the fia like there's no point just wasting money on trying that's, to go around the globe it's a bit complicated isn't it because yeah. that's kind of like saying that british touring cars is the pinnacle of uk motorsport but if you gave yeah. 99 if you gave 100 people the opportunity 99 of them would rather go in formula one than btcc yeah, yeah. just because it's technically the pinnacle Kind of doesn't mean, doesn't mean there isn't be. room to yeah. move up. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, W Academy, it, it, it should be okay. I think it will it will certainly help the young female drivers. And female sport generally is getting bigger and bigger. So I think it's a good thing that F1 are trying to, trying to push it. Exactly, exactly. 
Um, let's let's get into the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix weekend. They trained me, of course. We we spoke so much about Brazil. You know how interesting that weekend was. To be honest, though, I mean, obviously, a lot of people were trying to hype up that we might get another Mercedes win. You know, a bit more craziness. Abu Dhabi is kind of a very predictable circuit. Generally, what you find is the cars that have been quick over the course of the year are quick at Abu Dhabi. Um, you know, it, it just makes quite a good testing facility because it's got a good combination of different sort of, you know, low speed, high speed, medium speed, everything like that. It's kind of a good all-rounder circuit in that sense. So I think we kind of ruled out the opportunity for any particularly crazy shenanigans unless, of course, um, what's-his-face managed to get back in. Who's that? I've suddenly blanked on his name. <laughs> Australian... Um, why have I blanked on his name suddenly? Mark um, Webber? No. <laughs> um... Ah, oh, what? How have I blanked on his name? The FIA steward from last year. Oh, Michael Massey. Yes, <laughs> I don't yeah. know. I could He's picture his face. Dish. I just couldn't remember his name. What? He's New Zealand dish, isn't he? I thought he's he was Australian. Australian to be honest, he's an absolute legend. No, he's well, definitely not. It's not going that far. <laughs> he is Australian. Oh, I was okay. right. Same thing, really. <laughs> <laughs> right. You're gonna get a lot of hate from yeah, our Australian viewers. the comments. I mean, it'll take him six months to anyway, so. it takes him six months to dial into the show anyway. But hey, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yes. yeah, I mean, it's it. We neither of us really expected it to be particularly unpredictable, did we? No, not at all. Um, Abu Dhabi is one of those. It's sort of like an end of term vibe where everyone's sort of given up and focusing on next year, Especially unless there's a championship year. to win. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they were trying to hype up the battle of P two, but realistically. I mean, I think the drivers cared, and maybe that was it. Um, I don't even think the drivers cared, to be honest. I mean, no. this was kind of the weird thing, because Ferrari had... Like, everyone was hyping up, like, are oh, Ferrari going to go aggressive, you know, to beat Mercedes, things like that. Like, Ferrari just basically, in their ideal world, Leclerc would finish ahead of Perez, and that would guarantee they beat out Mercedes, pretty much. So it was kind of, if they yeah. get one, they get both. And then even yeah. if Leclerc had no chance of beating um, Perez, even if they just finished fifth and sixth, like, they would have done enough unless Red Bull had a nightmare. Yeah, so it was kind of hyped up, but everything was kind of a long shot, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Even the lower down championship things were very much a long shot. Yeah. Um, but yeah, straight into qualifying, then not really any surprises in Q1. Um, we had, I guess, Bottas being that low, but the Alfa Romeo hasn't hasn't shown great speed of late um, until the last race in Brazil, actually. But yeah, Bottas was 18th. He had both Williams behind him, and Magnussen and Gasly dropping down as well. Magnussen kind of. Yeah, falling from grace after that pole position in the last qualifying session. Um, Dan is 16th. But yeah, no no massive surprises in Q1 or Q2, really. Um, I guess, yeah, he had the traditional top nine, minus Alonso, actually, um, who went out in 11th. But with Ricardo's three-place penalty, he was guaranteed 10th anyway. Um, uh, apparently, Alonso uh, yeah. hasn't made it into Q3 in Abu Dhabi since, like, 2014 or something mad. That's insane. I guess he hasn't really had the car to until this year. Last no, year. last year. Yeah. Um, so yeah, had Alonso, Sonoda, Schumacher actually doing respectably in 13th, yeah. uh, with Stroll and Joe out in P15. The amount of times this season that Joe's got through to Q2 and then just not got a lap together in Q2 and started 15th, it feels like it's every week. But <laughs> yeah, uh, maybe that's just uh, me <laughs> just focusing on what he's doing every week. Um, but yeah, I qualified Bottas, so well done. Hats off to him. Hats off to him. Fair play. Indeed. And talk me through Q3, Mr. 183. Oh, Q3, indeed. Um, yeah, not not that surprising again, really. It was a fairly dead qualifying session. It really um, was, wasn't it? You had maybe the Mercedes. Uh, like how they were, I think Hamilton was purple in, in sector one on one of his laps. Maybe the, when he was first out the garage, I don't actually know. Um, but yeah, Verstappen, as we all kind of expected, uh, securing the pole position. And he made up with Perez enough to give him tow as well. Uh, on both runs so the second run uh, Perez did put it P2 just ahead a few hundreds ahead of Leclerc so that two from Verstappen definitely made a difference um, so yeah Leclerc was third then you had Sainz and Hamilton and Russell uh, very Noah's Ark top six as we've seen the many first times time this season this, no the first time this year really yep first time this year the top six have lined up two by two by two really that's, yep. in, that's impressive I didn't know that um, first Norris. Red Bull front row lockout since 2018 which I thought was mad Mexico 2018 yeah wow um, that is quite crazy Perez is pretty bad isn't he um, Norris P7 
uh, traditionally, as yep. he's been all season. Pretty much. And Ocon, Vettel, and Ricardo, but obviously the free place pen dropped him to 13th, so it's actually Alonso, 10th on the grid. Yeah. And I mean, let's be fair, I mean, all the hype was around Sebastian Vettel this weekend, and absolutely right but it is quite funny of course the fact that we we hyped up sebastian vettel's last grand prix or formula one did anyway um when you've got three other drivers that could potentially come back to f1 but i think if we were held at gunpoint right now seb is probably second or the most likely to make a formula one return anyway yeah yeah <laughs> so who so who else is out latifi schumacher ricardo and ricardo yeah, I would say Vettel's the most likely. Vettel is still back. the most likely one to make a Formula One return, which is kind of insane uh, when you yeah. think about it at the end of the year. But I mean, it was it was great, wasn't it? Sort of seeing all this tribute stuff for Seb, obviously in qualifying after the oh, sorry before the Grand Prix as well, of course after the GP. I mean, I found it hilarious. I don't know if you saw this, but the FIA actually designated a place on the um, start finish straight for burnouts after the Grand Prix and donuts. Really, it's the That's first cool. time they've ever done it, like formally. <laughs> Which kind of is mad, the fact they felt the need to do that. But, yeah. you know, it is what it is. Um, I guess, but... like, they don't they don't like donuts. Or, like, the safety in them doesn't like them to do donuts. But then they've just kind of given up. Right. So they're going to do it anyway. They've tried exactly. for ten years to tell them not to do donuts. I mean, you can't really stop them, can you? Let's be fair. No. Like, Although, did you see uh, Mick Schumacher yes. was doing donuts, celebrating yeah. his, his P16? Yeah, uh, <laughs> and the team told him off and said, yeah. "Please, like, seriously, don't do donuts." And I don't get that. Like, clearly, there's got to be a lot there's of deep-rooted issues between Missy, uh, sorry, between Mick and Haas there. Haas, yeah. Like, it's his final Grand Prix. Uh, but then again, they told Grosjean on the same thing a few years ago. So perhaps Haas are just trying to recycle. Nah, they told. Year. Well, with Grosjean, it was a bit lighthearted, wasn't it? It was like a little bit Pitbull more says, but still. Pitbull says, "Don't do donuts," and he's like, "Well, what do you say?" And he's like. I'm just telling you what the pitbull says. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It seemed very, very strange, didn't it? Post Grand Prix, that they were yeah. like, "Mick, stop doing that." And he's kind of just there, like, "I don't really care." Um, yeah. which, which you can't blame him, to be honest. But I mean, of course, before we get into the Grand Prix, though, Logan Sargent did do enough. He will be in Formula One next year, which means all twenty drivers are confirmed. Any slim chance Mick Schumacher had of potentially going down to Williams have been well and truly eroded. Um, quick shout out as well, Liam Lawson winning the final sprint race of the year. Was it the final sprint or was it the final yeah, feature the race? Sprint. It was Iwasa the won the feature. It may have won the feature in the year. So yeah, Lawson did go gala in the end there, finishes P3 in Formula 2 behind table should chair. Get a, should get a shot and Felipe Drogovic. Should get well, he should have got a shot at Alpha Tauri after last year. He did well in F2 and DTM, but it is what it is. I don't know if he had super license last year, but this year he definitely would. Yeah, yeah. Um, should have got super license. Where did he finish last year in F2? He was like ninth in F2 last year. I reckon he would have probably still been close to super. I mean, there's drivers in F3 with eligibility for a super license. Yeah, Surely true. Lawson is. Um, but yeah, obviously then we move into Sunday. Of course, even more celebrations for Sebastian, everything like that. But of course, we're, we're mainly focused on, on the Grand Prix itself, aren't we, Jamie? Yeah. Yes. And should we get straight into the race? And I actually missed the start because I was power walking across Manchester to get to a pub. So I only got in after turn one, which that is a bit disappointing. Scream Alcoholics Anonymous story. <laughs> uh, yes. So nothing really happened at the start other than uh, Hamilton got ahead of Science and Norris got ahead of Russell um, at the very start, very briefly, to be fair. Um, yeah. Uh, the first major bit of action was science then trying to dive back up the inside of hamilton is max for Stappen Stappen. tribute yeah yeah which was less uh dirty than what Verstappen did last year oh completely science, science actually left a bit of space on the outside which was quite well, nice not a lot um, <laughs> it was enough that hamilton didn't have to go off if he didn't want to he got pushed out onto that curb he couldn't he like he would have had to bail out anyway yeah it would have been dangerous to keep it in like hulkenberg grosjean style for 20, exactly 2018. exactly but he did jump across the curbs, got a bit of floor damage, and had to give the place back uh, later on anyway because science was ahead. Hamilton jumped chicane and didn't give it back, which was slightly different from the situation last year. Yes, <laughs> despite what people on Twitter are saying. Exactly, and I mean it's kind of difficult, isn't it? Again, because I think desperately now, the problem we've got, of course, is that like the move that Verstappen pulled off in Brazil was his fault. Sainz pulled off a fairly similar move in Abu Dhabi, but it was Hamilton's fault. <laughs> Surely, like the FIA have just made this so much more complicated than it needs to be, 
where we just need a rule now that you can't push... You have to leave a car's width. Like, this whole idea of barging cars off the circuit yeah. needs to be scrapped entirely, and you have to give a car's width, otherwise you can't claim the place. I think... Mm, it is hard, because, like, forcing other drivers off the track and stuff like that, it basically depends on the outcome, which it just shouldn't do. No. Um, because, say there's a wall on the outside of Turn 6 at Abu Dhabi, then science would absolutely be getting a penalty for that. Yeah. For pushing Hamilton into the wall. But because there's runoff area, Hamilton and, can go off the track yeah. and then gives the place back. So it's a bit weird. But And this is the thing is because I do like, you know the thing, believe we need the thing a Stroll did. The thing yes. Stroll did in Brazil. Yeah. Um to Vettel. If if that runoff area on the left there was tarmac. It's not really a runoff area, is it? No, it's grass obviously in Brazil. But if that was tarmac, I don't think Stroll would have got a penalty because well, he it technically left. A, yeah, it would have been left a Nico two wheels Rosberg, with, though, didn't he? Alonso. Yeah, but it's just very daft. And this is why I think you know we just need a reshuffle. Of course, we we finally got the white lines as track limits everywhere. Yeah. Has made things so well. In many ways, it's made so many things so much easier this year. But again, I think we're going to need to see more circuit updates so that it's all automated with lasers and th- or cameras and things like that. Lasers. You know what I mean? That sort of thing, though. <laughs> yeah. Um, master style exactly um but it's we're slowly seeing more and more things shift in the right direction but i still believe on track battling needs to be changed still just everyone needs to watch 2006 reichen and schumacher at brazil yeah. and be like this is how you race <laughs> because and i mean there's so many battles isn't there for like even when we were getting into formula one where there was yeah. more racing respect like it's always again when i think back to obviously hamilton at france isn't it 2008 where he got like a 10 second yeah. stop go penalty for no, running wide drive, through a chicane drive through, yeah. a drive through penalty for running wide at a chicane after he'd overtaken someone and it's things like that, that of course Vettel, that it was on Vettel yeah, yeah. Um, but it's things like that of course you know that penalty was ridiculously extreme but you know the fact that drivers can force each other off the circuit still you know the fact that it's about who gets to an apex first I do think we just need a rule the next year that says if you force another car off the circuit you get you have to give the place up and i mean yeah. we we might then start to see cars just deliberately bail out on occasion and run wide but if and you've, then try and claim their foot pushed yeah, off, yeah if you've left a car's width that should be the rule yeah problem is that kind of legislation change takes years but the, the problem is we're just going more and more down a rabbit hole now of no one really knows so what the rules tidy, are anymore. Yeah. And if someone goes for a dive bomb and they're only halfway alongside, they've basically then just got to force themselves later on the brakes to get in front by the apex to then yeah. force another car right because they haven't slowed down enough. And then and stay on the track themselves. The basically point. what Verstappen did at turn six last year. Exactly. Which was rightly not told to... I don't think Hamilton should have given the place up. No, no, exactly. It was it was a desperate dive bomb, wasn't it, at the start yeah. of the Grand Prix? But because he was technically trying to exploit the loophole that the FIA had created by because like, of oh, Verstappen. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he's worked his way into the FIA's rule book over the last six years. It, yeah, they're desperately. Oh, this is why I think we just need like a complete restructure of on-track battling. Because again, you know, we we look at Hamilton Alonso at Imola, uh, sorry, at Hungary last Hungary. year and things like that. That's what happens when you've got two drivers that were brought up with you have to give a car's width. You do get yeah. good battles that last longer. Yeah. yeah and definitely. we're just seeing less and less of them each year at the moment. We see more yeah. overtakes, but less battling. Yeah. Um, but yeah. anyway, I mean, the early laps of the Grand Prix were a bit of a slow burn, weren't they? I think by lap 10, there was only two cars within DRS yeah. of the car <laughs> in front like of that. them. Which was a bit of a shame. I mean, we had Lewis and Sainz just sort of jumping each other, having a couple of little battles, but it was quite clear that Ferrari... it Red Bull had the most pace, then Ferrari, then Mercedes, like we'd seen pretty much all year, wasn't it? Yeah. Until yeah. we finally got to the first round of pit stops. Yeah, definitely. Um, well, you had Hamilton drop back behind Russell as well, thinking he had issues, which maybe he did, because obviously later on he did. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, Russell in the pits got a slow stop... Anyway, uh, he was quite close to Hamilton, so that probably would have put him behind Hamilton anyway with the slow stop. But then, to add insult to injury, they released him straight into Norris, which um, was very kind. And uh, that, that landed him an obvious five-second penalty, which basically killed any chance of either Mercedes beating Sainz. Yeah. Because um, Hamilton was already quite a long way back, and Russell then had the penalty to contend with and a slow stop. Um, yeah, an absolute slam-dunk penalty. I don't think anyone had any complaints, but... I kind loved of took Russell's away. radio. 
What was it? I just can't remember. Yeah, yeah, I spotted him. Oh, great. <laughs> like, how does that help your case? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so, unfortunately, that took away any any jeopardy of the top six being shuffled at all. Until later on, the strategies kind of came into play a bit. But, yeah, um, that was kind of that for the top six. Verstappen just sort of checked out, as we've seen so many season, so many times this season. Um, yeah, not really... A lot go- there was a few little overtakes of people on one stop I think Bottas and Magnussen were going long and hard Vettel was going super long on mediums and the team was screwing him um, which was quite funny to see Stroll overtake him later on in the race oh yeah not not great <laughs> not great for Seb did he get a penalty as well quickly for speeding in the pit lane no he didn't I don't think he did speed he the tyre smoke was for revving the rear wheels as he left wasn't it no the tyre smoke was when he locked up the brakes because he'd accidentally taken the pit limiter off too early Oh, he definitely sped. He slowed back down again. So I wonder if it was the well, average the, speed the pit through lane, the pit lane was low enough. Yeah, the still. average speed through the pits is what it is. So if you speed, you can just slow down and you're fine. I'm going to start hammering it into pit lanes on F1, getting the jump on cars in front of you, and then just, and just slamming on the brakes. The pit lane. Yeah. Stop there for two <laughs> seconds or something. That's a great idea. Let's do it. Let's get a Formula 1 drive and let's do it. Um, yeah. But I mean, yeah, moving on from theatrics from us, jumping back into the Grand Prix <laughs> itself, of course... Fernando Alonso, a cheeky double overtake on both Bottas and Yuki Sonoda after what was looking like another disappointing weekend, of course. then Sonoda did get him straight back. Sonoda really. did get him straight back, and then Alonso's <laughs> car gave up anyway in true <laughs> Alpine fashion. Um, yeah. Just, just one Most more anticlimactic. He just literally just cut to him coming through the pit lane to retire. It's like, oh, no one's even surprised, really. <laughs> What's that? Mechanical failure number six this season? Yep. If points, I'm not mistaken. Uh, probably up to 100 points lost, according to He's him. Got a, yeah, he would have been definitely in this championship battle had it yeah. not been for that. But <laughs> does mean Esteban Ocon, though, over their tenure together, it becomes the first teammate of Alonso's to completely outscore him over their time. Which is a very arbitrary stat. It is a very arbitrary um, stat. Because, obviously, he's already lost to teammates in one-off seasons. Yep. Uh, such as Tarso Marquez. <laughs> and, and... He tied with Lewis Hamilton. He lost to Lewis Hamilton. And he lost to Jensen Button. He did also lose... Which season did he lose to Button? 2015. Did he? I thought he still yeah. outscored him. Uh, maybe 16. I one thought of he still outscored him. him. You, no, you keep the, talking quickly. I'm double-checking this. Okay. Well, yeah. Nothing really then happened until we got some uh, 2021 Abu Dhabi flashbacks with Mick Schumacher and Nicholas Latifi beefing for last and crashing into each other. Which is kind of the best way for both of them to go out, really. Um, Sums them up, doesn't it? Yeah, it does very much sum them up. Um, I'm surprised that there wasn't a safety car. Um, well, they both I guess got going pretty quickly, They both got going. They? But it looked like for a moment we might actually get some spice in the race. Um, but they decided that this year didn't need a safety car at the end of the race. Which... <laughs> yes. <laughs> Just saying that to wind up Matt, really. Even so though I last year was obviously going to be a safety car. I didn't hear you, sorry. Yeah. Um, um, I'm also surprised. I I swear when it, when it happened, Latifi's rear wing was completely like off. It looked like that. Now I thought this yeah. was the same thing. It looked like that, but it was because of whatever he put on the tire. Um, made the like it just made the back end of the car look weird because of obviously really? the way it was spinning quickly. Because I thought that tire was punctured, and it, because of how quickly he was going, it was going to flare up and rip the rear wing off with it. But no, it was just because of what he put on the tyre. And just to confirm, sorry, on. you were correct. Jensen Button did outscore Alonso in 2015, courtesy of a sixth place at Cota. Yeah, what a goat. Well, Alonso got fifth in Hungary, didn't he? Yes. So, Button must have been good across the course of the season. Okay. Uh, yeah. So, that was kind of interesting for maybe half a lap with Schumacher and Latifi just crashing into each other. <laughs> Very... Uh, it was such a clumsy move from Mick. And he it got was an F1 manager crash. That's what I loved about it. Yeah, it was weird how Mick spun as well. Like, the car behind in that situation. It's weird for them to just lose all grip like that. But there we go. It is It is what it is. Um, but, I mean, then we, we kind of got... Well, at the time it looked like we could have had a little bit of spice towards the end of the Grand Prix, wasn't it? Sergio Perez told to box again, and you think, right, this is Verstappen's chance to prove he's a team player and back Charles Leclerc up. And what do we get? We get a Verstappen radio go and tell him to go full send, and I don't give a kit. Verstappen was never going to back Leclerc up. No, of course He not. wasn't sure that Verstappen was... like Verstappen wasn't sure he could get the title to the end at first. There's no point just Absolutely giving would have been Leclerc fine. DRS. Yeah, but he, he should have at least... The thing is, for Red Bull at the end of the day, like it would have been good PR 
Because let's be fair, the PR statement they gave out this week about last weekend was dog. Because we'd already heard on the team radio three times they asked, or twice even, that Verstappen had been asked to let Sergio by, and then they went, he only heard it once out of the final corny. Like, well, that's not what happened. Yeah, that's not true. (laughs) If if Leclerc wins or Leclerc comes P2, as long as he's ahead of Perez, it's decided anyway. So they may as well have just backed Verstappen into him. But then there's no point like risking a race win to try and get Checo second when they don't really care but again it, like I said it would have just made better PR for them I think at the end of the day yeah. which would have been quite important um, but yeah we kind of were hyping up that maybe Checo could get back to Leclerc by the end but it became quite quickly apparent that it wasn't going to happen um, and I mean late on in the day of course like we mentioned obviously Stroll had a much much better strategy down at Aston Martin so he jumped Seb uh, towards the end in his final Grand Prix and of course to top off what has been a sensational <laughs> year for Mercedes and Lewis Hamilton their first mechanical failure three laps from home in Abu Dhabi how often have we seen Lewis either have brilliant or god awful Abu Dhabi Grand Prix he doesn't get any in, be- in between yeah. does he it's a nightmare not at all. He's clearly just doing his fans the uh, service they require and boycotting lap 58. Um, You're such a dick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I saw so... your tweet on that yesterday. I'm guessing it absolutely popped off, didn't it? No, it got zero likes. That doesn't um, surprise me. It was unfair. I think that deserves more likes. To be honest. What, Follow more me on than Twitter. Zero? Yeah. I'm very good at getting zero likes on tweets. You so are. You're, you're banging it so far. It's worrying. Um, yeah. So, Lewis... He was ahead of... Well, he was fourth at the time of DNF. He probably would have lost the science anyway, um, but he maybe would have got fifth. Uh, but yeah, hydraulic issue. And yeah, the perfect way for the W13 to go out in a blaze of nothing. What an absolutely <laughs> god His first winless season, that. not His my goat. His first ever winless season. His first ever season without a pole position. Schumacher's the goat. Well, this is the thing now, of course, because... Michael Schumacher, sorry. Uh, yeah, um... Definitely not Ralph. Max Verstappen is the only now current Formula 1 driver with more than two seasons in a row uh, with race victories as of right now. Yeah, because all the other drivers this year. No, Perez. Perez. Yeah, Perez has got three, hasn't he? Sorry, yeah. More than three. uh, So obviously Verstappen's on seven. Perez is on three. Leclerc's on one. One. Sainz is on one. One. George Russell's (laughs) on one. (laughs) That's it. Yeah. Oh no! Wow. Uh, yeah, that is it, isn't it? That's it. There's only five winners this year. Yeah. Only five winners. That's still quite a lot. That is actually. <laughs> Remember still the days like of three amount. with Mercedes three and plus 13 Vettel. Thirteen to sixteen. Yeah, I mean, it's it's yeah, yeah. It, the thing is, well, I think what a lot like a lot of people are saying, you know, this is like the end of Lewis Hamilton. He served <laughs> such a different role in that Mercedes team this year to when he's and he's ever still had been very do. good. And he has, yeah. I mean. What, from Baku onwards, I'm pretty certain he's still outscored everyone bar Max, if I'm not mistaken. He probably, yeah, he would have been close with Perez and Leclerc, but I reckon he was second if you count a championship from Baku. He was probably second. I don't know that for a fact. No, but he would have been right there in the fight for it. Yeah. Like, really, when you look through the season, from Baku onwards, fourth, three third places, two second places, of course, the incident with Alonso at Belgium... Fourth and fifth at Netherlands and Italy, when that could have easily been... Well, it could have been in the contention for a win at the Netherlands. Singapore was, of course, a disaster. Fifth at Japan, just because Mercedes weren't that great. And then three second places before this retirement in Abu Dhabi. Hamilton has not lost anything still, has he really? I think he hasn't lost anything this year. I I genuinely, I'm not trying to bait you here, the aggressiveness, he's not quite there with the other drivers now, which is maybe a good thing. And this his comes from being part of yeah. the generation, yeah. though, that was brought in with a bit more race and yeah. respect, though, isn't it? But it does cost him sometimes in re- in wheel-to-wheel battles. Occasionally. Um, occasionally. But that wasn't I the do thing agree. this year. But it's just kind of rid his ugly head this year because he's more in battles. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I think it's it's a complicated issue, isn't it? But I don't think either of us are going to say, you know, this is the end of Lewis Hamilton's Formula no, 1 career. I could fully right see there. a Mercedes versus Red Bull next year for the championship. And I think so. it, and this is what I some like this is a question that I wanted to ask you as a bit of a hypothetical, Jamie. Mm-hmm. Do you believe if George Russell had been promoted into that Mercedes seat last year, of course, as Hamilton's number two, being a lot more aggressive than Bottas, being quicker than Bottas generally as well, do we think that could have changed the championship outcome? 
Yes. I think it would have done. You think um, had Mercedes promoted Russell, Hamilton would have been well, the an amount of times, world champion. Like the only race that I can remember Bottas doing anything helpful Turkey. was Turkey. Yes. And that cost Verstappen seven points. Seven points. I think Russell would have cost Verstappen a lot more than seven points over the course of the season. And in Abu Dhabi, Bottas was behind both Alpha Tauris when Perez was giving Verstappen a championship. Yes. Like, even if Russell was there in the top four, stopping Perez doing anything stupid, that yeah. would have maybe made a difference. And so. I, I think the only real thing that Mercedes, of course, have got to be careful of next year, if they are back in this championship fight, is just when do they play a number one role? Yeah. Yeah, because they very much have let their drivers race this year. Um, yeah. Which I think is good when you're not in a championship fight. But then when you are in a championship fight, That's unless both drivers difficult. are right there, it it seems to make sense to back one. Yeah. yeah. But then I don't know who they would back at the minute because they're so equally matched. I think it would still likely be Lewis. I I think this is the thing, isn't it? Of course, when, when the chips are down, Hamilton is still always that driver that will come out absolutely flying when he needs to. Yeah. Like when pretty much every other driver would accept that all hope is lost. Hamilton is probably one of two, maybe three on the grid that will still come out absolutely swinging um, yeah. Yeah. at the end of the day. But of course, yeah, I mean, let's be fair. Abu Dhabi, it was a bit of a snooze fest, wasn't it, for the most part? You had a few was, interesting moments. There was stuff moments. going on, but it wasn't for anything relevant. It, it was like battling kind of summed up the year, everywhere. didn't it, really, for yeah. the most part? It yeah. kind of just summed up the entire season. I mean, you had what Verstappen just clear at the front. Verstappen Perez clear at the front. Clear. I mean, it, it kind of said it all, didn't it? When first, second, and third in the championship finished first, second, and third, Sainz and Russell were the wrong way around. Of course, Hamilton had the retirement, <laughs> so six, seventh and eighth in the championship finished sixth and seventh. Like yeah. there wasn't a lot that was wildly unpredictable no. from Abu Dhabi. Um, but of course, yeah, Max Verstappen did win the Grand Prix ahead of Leclerc and Sergio Perez there. Um, I mean, other storylines going on, of course. Aston Martin and Alfa Romeo tied at the end of the year uh, for sixth place overall. Of course, Aston Martin will take that on. Uh, sorry, Alfa Romeo even will take that on count back even uh, by virtue of Valtteri Bottas's fifth place at Imola earlier on in the year. So very, Indeed. very important for them, of course. Congratulations to myself, predicting Alfa Romeo sixth. Well done to you and, of course, my team <laughs> as well. Pick up that extra prize money. Uh, Sebastian Vettel with two sixth places at both Azerbaijan and Japan was not good enough to overhaul. And Stroll also had a sixth place at Singapore, but one fifth place trumps those sixths. Yeah, yes, it does. And big for Alfa Romeo because I think as a team, they haven't finished that high since 2015, where they came seventh or eighth, I think. No, that's still not as high as sixth. No, it's still not as high, yeah. So I haven't been as high as sixth since 2013, 12, even. It probably, yeah, goes back to that. And it wouldn't even surprise me there if they finished seventh still. No, I think they did, they did come sixth in 2012. But yeah, that's a long time since they did well. Exactly. So, fair play. Fair it's, play. It's nice you might, to see fighting back. <laughs> yeah, it is. I was just going to gloss over what I said. Fair play. I didn't know what you said, to be honest again. <laughs> I said you might get a raise. I might get a raise, yeah, with a bit of luck. Keep your fingers crossed. <laughs> <laughs> a bonus, bonus time coming soon. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll wait and see about that one. But yeah, I mean, it, it's... It's difficult, isn't it, really? Because we kind of leave Abu Dhabi knowing, well, not really with any sort of extra hyper expectation going into 2023, do we? There were no sort of major storylines that kind of made you wondering what will happen next year that we kind of weren't already. I mean, what what really else is there to talk about, Jamie, from this weekend? Yeah, not a Fra- lot. Ferrari quite, did enough. I'm hyped for the, the F1 Secret Santa video that comes out in December. Yeah. So that'd be fun. Yeah, um, I suppose. Yeah. It's I, just a bit weird, isn't it, really? Yeah. I've got to claim my uh, sweepstake from winning F1 Fantasy, which is fun. Yep, in your own personal league. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah there's also going to be a rogue tweet on my Twitter account at some point. At some point, yeah. Need to get some inspiration for that and not get Matt cancelled, because that wouldn't be ideal. Exactly. Another little fun fact for you, though, Jamie. Aston Martin were the only team to finish the same position this year as they did last year. Wow. Yeah, every other team either went backwards or forwards. We will be definitely doing a <laughs> predictions recap show at some point in the near future. Um, I did pick up on a couple of other interesting stats, if I remember correctly. Sebastian Vettel, of course, took driver of the day um, with the most the percentage, with the most percentage we've ever seen, as really? well. Apparently, 
56.6%. What about when Rio Harianto got it and they had to give it to someone else? Yeah, they did give it to someone else that weekend, <laughs> didn't they? Um, I mean, really, yeah, well, all we can really talk about is kind of F1 fantasy and all that good stuff, isn't it? It's kind of been... Well, this is, I think, the thing, isn't it? Because we've kind of left Abu Dhabi and everyone thinks it was a really bad season. Let's not forget, the season. midfield scrap has been sensational this year. Like, the fact that mm. pretty much every midfield team as at it some died point down. it died down a bit but there were still storylines I, I think it was the stat wasn't it from shows how close it's been that Seb was P6 in qualifying in Abu Dhabi three tenths away from the relegation than being knocked out in Q1 yeah yeah it was insanely close I think it was a bit of a shame that Alpine and McLaren had a bit of the edge on everyone else and they were quite consistent so really there were only like only really chances if one of the big five retired so the smaller teams were battling for maybe ninth or tenth most of the time but there were spe- there were points where each team had maybe the fourth fastest car with the exception um, of Williams and Alfa yeah, Tauri well Alfa Tauri Alfa Tauri were Bakri. pretty good but then Sonoda Same still Sonoda's wing fell apart yeah it's, um. <laughs> it's, been, it's just been a weird up and down season for the midfield it has it reminds me a lot of 2011 where it, the storyline of the season wasn't great but individual races were good and it, a lot of them were enjoyable but a lot yeah. of them were also quite dead. <laughs> exactly, exactly. I mean, I oh, think we were just we were treated so well in 2021. This was always the thing, wasn't it? And again, <laughs> the same thing happened in 2011, wasn't it? 2010, yeah, of course, yeah. was such a hyped up year. Four drivers going into that final race with the chance of the championship. Um, but I mean, yeah, really. I mean, what more can you say? Red Bull, hats off. They've done the job this year. You know, obviously after it was, it was kind of good for them, of course. After obviously what happened at the end of last year, you know, the fact they've just had a dominant season for Max. Yeah. You know, just any sort of talk about, you know, just from a world championship and all this, that and the other, <laughs> you know, he, he's got one where he's absolutely dominated now, which we kind of expected, you know, at some point or another, um, Max yeah. would do. Ferrari, similar story to the past, but fair play. They actually made a good strategy call this weekend uh, to wrap it up is. P2 in both championships. And it's big progress from it the is. last two years. It is. You know, the fact that we think Ferrari were close to backmarkers again in 2020 for a few Grand Prix after all the engine controversy, which is why people talk about the illegal Ferrari engine rather than Mercedes <laughs> or Red Bull doing any trickery, because when they get something banned or outlawed from their car, they don't fall down to the midfield instantly. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah, that was very funny. I mean, 2020 was a bizarre year. It was just so weird, wasn't it? We've, we've got yeah, the actually, rise uh... of George Russell. Um, we've got Carlos Sainz there kind of getting proven to be definitely Ferrari's number two he's had a bit of a rough year hasn't he uh, throughout yeah, a lot yeah. of Grand Prix um, you know I think we've still got the talk of Hamilton, the Hamilton comeback Lando Norris absolutely king of the midfield like you cannot yeah, argue yeah. he is only driver to get a podium outside the top three teams and I was there let's not forget yeah, yeah. Um, I think we've got a lot of storylines going into next year though don't we I think that's the important thing. Yeah, hopefully. A lot of we'll questions. do a lot of narrative building over the winter. We will. There is a there is quite a lot of different <laughs> stories and timelines to talk about, isn't there, in the winter. Hulk's back. We Hulk love that. and back as well. Yep, of course. We'll, we'll discuss that more when we do our 2023 predictions um, in, in the future. D- right, let's let's just do it then. <laughs> oh, predictions. The final nail in the recap. coffin. Let's just get it settled. I had already won maybe three races ago now. Two races um, ago. Yeah, I went very safe, very you boring, you might argue, but very, very, very successful. Um, because my predictions were Verstappen on pole. Two points. Verstappen, on, Verstappen win. Two points. Leclerc second. Two points. Six and points Hamilton. out of eight for Jamie. Yeah, six out of eight. Not bad. Which, I think, genuinely, if I'd have put bets on, like, I'd have done pretty well this year. But, unfortunately, I'm not a betting man. Um... So yeah, well, I can't remember what yours were, but they were probably trash. They were not good. I gave Hamilton one <laughs> final kiss of death this year. I said Verstappen pole. Yeah, fair enough. I was expecting it. I'll, I'll be honest. I was expecting a shithouse victory from Hamilton. Um, you know, redemption <laughs> for last year. Of course, I say that so he gets absolutely shafted. Um, yep. So I went Hamilton win, Perez P2, so one point there, Verstappen P3. So I scored four this weekend, which rather yeah. alarmingly actually isn't that bad for me this year. No, four out of eight is pretty good going for you. Like, did we start these? We did start these at the start of the year. Yeah. The fact yeah. that theoretically then there's probably been, what, close to 170 points available and you've what, scored... Eight s- lots. What's eight lots of 22 Plus, plus six. six. So we're looking at 182 points. 182 points. points. 
and you scored about 70 and I scored 50. It's really kind of poor when you think about I, it. I think getting half of the things not bang half. on. 70 out of 180 is almost half. It's not. Nice. I don't know if we updated the points either recently. Uh, it's We still, because remember, we scored one between us last oh, weekend. Oh, yeah, true. <laughs> true. I'll, I'll take I'll take 72 out of 182. That's not bad. Fair enough. Fair enough. It's probably a, probably a pass at uni. Is that 40%? Nearly. It's got to be close, hasn't it? <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll accept it. 72 out of 182. Oh, it's 39 and a half. Ah, uh, that's, so that's that sounds funny. just like your first year at uni. Yeah, it, very, it actually is. Very <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I mean, yeah. What a, what a disaster for me this year. Let's let's not talk about it. And to be honest, I don't really want to talk about F one fantasy either. I I did all right. Um, I didn't. Yeah, shall we? Uh, I scored very fittingly one eight three points to round off. Oh, I season. did beat you. You yeah yeah yeah. I did pretty bad because I turboed Bottas for some reason. Jamie, I didn't beat you. Oh, you didn't. No. Oh. I okay. I rather fittingly got two hundred twelve points. No, I didn't. I got one hundred twenty three. <laughs> Oh dear! I had oh Science Turbo for forty six, Verstappen for forty four. I forgot to Mega Driver. Jamie <laughs> knew full well I'd forget and text me ten minutes into qualifying, going, "Did you remember your Mega?" And I was like, "No, I didn't." <laughs> so I'm going to claim my score an extra eighty eight points this weekend, and that would have put me on two hundred and eleven. So I would have almost oh, got two one two. Yeah, would have been quite poetic. Uh, Alonso bagged me minus eight, so he completely cancelled out Bottas, and then I had Perez and Alpine. So just a a dog weekend. Yeah. I had Verstappen for 44. I had Russell with double streaks for 39. Uh, I then, because I spent all my money on Verstappen and Russell, I then had Ricardo, Sonoda and Bottas as my other three. And Ricardo and Sonoda actually did all right. Um, but unfortunately, I turboed Bottas for 16. Ah. Um, and then Ferrari for 65. So yeah, I did all right. That's not bad going. So how many points, Jamie, have you scored at the end of the year? The course of the season. How do you actually find it? It should be at the top of your team. Um, oh yeah, uh, three thousand nine hundred eighty-four. So even if I bagged my eighty-eight bonus points from Verstappen, I would have still been about one hundred eighty behind you. Wow. Which, to be fair, there is a go. lot closer than I was in our other league. Um, but yes, yeah. <laughs> for one final time, then Jamie, are you going to run through weekly scores, or are you going to run? Th- oh, the weekly scores are broken on mine. You're going to have to go through weekly. Oh, they're good on mine. Okay, you do it. Yeah. So we had. In P1, Laura J on 305 points, having Mega Driver Leclerc, interestingly. Uh, yeah, Leclerc, Mega, Sainz, Turbo, Red Bull was the team. Uh, Norris, Ocon, and Magnussen for zero. Got you 305 points. Fair play. Uh, we got Pole Sitters with Matt N in second place, 303, which I guess is very similar. Yeah, is exactly the same apart from Perez instead of Norris. I don't know how you managed that. Um, <laughs> Fair play. The uh, money laundering there is real. We have Levin K in third with a team called Differentials. I wonder who... It- oh, it's not that different. It's exactly the same, actually. Um, then we have Leonardo A in fourth with Adam P, Daniel D, Ben H... Uh, B H, sorry, with 291 points in seventh with Tonya I, Owen K and... Oh, dear, an Icelandic. Svanhut Usk Bjorns in eighth, joint eighth, rounding out the top ten on 290 points to get into the top 10. Hats off, so I uh, would have needed so. an absolute miracle to even get close at the yes. end of the season. But, yeah. Jamie, when we look at the overall league, who had a higher finishing position in one Grand Prix? Right, so you're making up stats to I claim that you beat am. me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my, my best all season, I think, was Canada, where I got 81. Ah. 81st, sorry. 81st. Ah. Austria, mate, 32nd. If I'd have megged Verstappen in Canada. I megged Verstappen. Would. Oh, I turboed Leclerc, didn't I? Yeah, that was how I clutched up that one. 387 points at Austria. But it was obviously If a I'd have megged Verstappen in, in Canada, that would have got me 88 more. Uh, I would have been top 10. I would have been second. You would have been. You nailed that week, didn't you? Yeah. Let's run through then (laughs) our final results from the entirety of the league. Um, Big hats off. Philip S. He's done it. The Volvo 240. Hashtags number 17. Global 2021. World TCR car. 4,518 points. I don't know where that would place him in the World League, Jamie. I don't know if you can check that up for me quickly. find out very fast. 
Cancun Racing, of course, always there inside the top 10 threat pretty much all of the season in P2. 4,483. Bryce G, the boy who's cried wolf, rounds out our podium there. With Bartek M from Poland just missing out one point ahead of Nihal V there with Mission Smoke win out. Uh, Park Ferme with Aditha M, 4,408 points in sixth. Kevin L. Uh, with a rather interesting team, Bottas and Hose in P7. <laughs> That's an interesting team name. Uh, Larry T finishes out the year just ahead of his fellow Canadian, Anurak B. And then Tom R finishes just inside the top 10 there. How many points did you get for the top 10 overall? Three, uh, 4,379 would have netted you a top oh, wow. 10 in our league this year. <laughs> You're a long way off in the end. I mean, I there's, there's got to be a shout out as well. Mansell's mustache, Max T. Oh, what a fourth. Where did he finish? Thirteenth. What a fourth from Grace. Oh, I'm so sorry, mate. That mega Hamilton was tragic. That mega Hamilton did really just. I mean, he probably quit after that because he was still yeah. top of the world, wasn't he, at that point? <laughs> yeah, before that mega driver Hamilton in Belgium for a DNF. It was. Um, it all went. Yeah, I don't shapes. think I can't see the Volvo anywhere near in the overall. How overall much first, was the top? Yeah, in the world. Overall first was four thousand seven hundred and sixty-six. Right, that is our goal next year. We we're gonna what, win win overall. We, yeah, we no not we we're not gonna win, Jamie. We're gonna get screwed unless we put a lot of research in each week. Do we want paddock pass tickets that badly? I mean, you'll get them anyway. Hopefully, so. we'll wait and see. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I mean, yeah, hats off to Philip S this year. We we've kind of got a couple of little goals in mind for knowing wheel next year. Uh, we we want to try and get it close to ten thousand teams, which would be quite cool. Um, and then, you know, if we can try and get top of the world, that would be quite exciting as well. And like I said, I'm going to try. I'm going to try and sort out some prizes uh, for next year. I've got, it's a bit weird trying to do prizes for F1 Fantasy. Sorry. Um, Shut up, Alexa. Alexa, stop. <laughs> Don't care. Um, it's We've kind got of our a first bit, guest on the podcast. It's Yeah, it, it's kind of a bit difficult to try and get prizes in because, of course, if I do a prize for F1 Fantasy, I'll have to announce at the start of the 2023 season that the prize will like quite possibly be like F1 2024, the game, or something like that. <laughs> um, but we'll try and work out a couple of different We'll try prizes. and get in touch. DM Matt, and he'll sort you something out. Yeah, DM, if, Philip, if you're watching this, hit me up, mate, and I'll, I'll see what I can hook you up with, Whether even if it's like a copy of F1 2023 or something like that. You can uh, get him a, a Matt 212 hat. I can try and make a Matt 212 hat, can I? <laughs> we'll see what we can do. Um... But there we go, Philip S. Round of applause, Jamie. Let's let's give him a clap. I want to hear you clap him. Good man. Good You're going to have trouble syncing this now. I really clap. am. Yeah, all these claps. <laughs> Fifty minutes into the show. Um, I mean, what what else have we got, Jamie? That's it, isn't it? Well, we've we've got the quiz F1's, quickly. F one's over. Oh yeah, quiz. Go for it. Right. Final quiz. Well, I mean, we, I think we're still going to do quizzes in the off season, aren't we? Yeah. They're yeah, just going to be absolute egg. They're going to be um, rubbish. And it's like, who won in 1962? Uh, that was Jack Brabham. It was I Jack Brabham, wasn't it? If I remember was correctly, it? I think so. Or was it? No, was it Phil Hill? Oh, I put nineteen two because my six key doesn't work. Um, Graham Hill. No, yes, it was Graham. Yeah. Sorry, I knew it was one of the hills. Right, Jamie. If I'm not mistaken, there are seventeen answers to this week's quiz, but you should be able to get okay. all of them. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Seventeen eight. in a minute is quite hard. So. You've got one minute, Jamie. Max okay. Verstappen officially became a two-time Formula One world champion this year. Yes, he did. So we'll, we'll take him off the list immediately. Can you name me every other Formula One driver with two or more world titles? Your time okay. starts now. Schumacher, Hamilton. Yes. yes. Uh, Vettel, yes. Prost. Yes. Uh, Senna. Yes. Stewart. Oh, give me, yes. Um, uh, I can't keep Verstappen. up with all these. Yep. Um... Fangio, yeah. Ascari. Uh, yep. Yeah. Uh, oh dear. Uh, Brabham. Yep. Um, Hakkinen. Yep. Uh, I've done this in such a bad order. You really um, have. You've screwed yourself. Um, Fittipaldi. Yes. Uh, the other Brazilian, PK. Yes. Um, Thirty seconds left on the clock. Uh, oh, the other Australian. Uh, is there? No. Oh no, this is shocking. Uh. What haven't I gone? Oh, Jim Clark. Yeah. Uh, other British ones. Um, how many more? Three more. <laughs> Alonso. Did I yes, say Alonso. Alonso. <laughs> I thought oh, you'd good. forget about him. Um, you got two three, more. So two more. You got okay. three seconds. 50s. Three. Farina. Two. What? No. Three and uh, one. Time's no, up. Thirty's no one. Oh, that's that's terrible. Oh, I you're gonna you're gonna order. kick yourself. 
Oh no. <laughs> you did screw yourself then. I thought you were just going to go from most world championships down. Well, I should have done that. Should have done that, Jamie. So, one of oh, the louder. No. <laughs> you forgot <laughs> Nikki Louder and literally Graham Hill that we spoke about 10 <laughs> seconds ago. Graham Hill won two, did he? Yeah, 19 he won actually, three. I actually No, it was two. 62 and 68 if I'm one. not mistaken. Fair. Yeah, that was that was terrible. So you got 15 also, and little shout out. They showed Nicky Lauda's son. Yeah. On. He's about 10 years He's old. He's 13. Nicky Lauda had that child when he was 60. What a baller. Wow. That's Bernie Eccleston vibes right there. Uh, Bernie Eccleston was in his late 80s, though, which is <laughs> taking a dark path to finish off this year's show. Yeah, if but... you're watching at this point, then please stop. Um, <laughs> yeah. I did. That was a pretty abysmal. That wasn't abysmal. I did it right. If I forgot Alonso, then that was I'd be having words of myself. Yeah. Yeah, you, you almost forgot Alonso. Um, yeah. Race rating though, Jamie. Yeah, it it was all right. I'd give it a five out of ten. I was going to say a five as well. It, it was. It was not the worst. So we we've confirmed then that I did go to the best race of twenty twenty two. Which one, Silverstone? Yes. It certainly wasn't yeah, Imola. Silverstone, Silverstone <laughs> was very good. Yeah, it definitely wasn't Imola. Um, um, Silverstone was pretty good. To be fair. Driver of the day. Oof. Uh I mean, it's boring. No, you know what? I'll give it Lando. Lando Norris. Lando Norris, fair enough. You know what? I'm going to say, for nostalgia's sake, Sebastian Vell. No, you're wet. Yep, I am. I'm absolutely <laughs> taking it this weekend. Um, But I guess, yeah. That's, that's 2022 wrapped up, Jamie. It's just kind of a bit weird, isn't it? It is. What an anticlimactic Grand Prix to finish without on. without F1. Four months without F1 on. I mean, we've got the World Cup. We've got Formula E. It's coming Marine. home in two hours. It's it's going to be all over, yep, in two hours when we lose England to Iran. England 2, Iran nil. Announce it now. Okay. You, you did do these for the Euros as well, didn't you? And you did do quite did. well on a lot of them. Yeah. So are we going to start doing World Cup predictions, are we? World Cup predictions, yeah. Right. Daily football podcast coming your oh, way. Oh, no chance <laughs> in the world. Um, Can you name any, any Iranian player? I cannot. Can you? That's a problem. Yeah, I can name their front three. Okay. Uh, I'm not going to. Okay. <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, that's that's a wrap. I mean, it's kind of been our first super serious season, hasn't it, of covering? Oh, uh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't go that far. Well, <laughs> I don't know about we, how serious. Far this has more been, serious than 2021. Yeah, definitely. We actually got a name. <laughs> we did come up with a name this year. And I mean, yeah. I I just want to say, you know, let, let's get gushy for a couple of minutes, Jamie. Uh, I, you know, I've really, really enjoyed going through it this year. Of course, it's not yeah, been it's the been. most insane F1 season of all time, but it has been really, really good fun, hasn't it? You yeah, know, definitely. there's been, I've, I think I've a lot of people are massively underplaying it when there were quite a lot of storylines. Yes, most of them we're not going to remember, probably even next year, because Formula One changes like that all the time. But you know what? It's been a fun season to recap with one of my mates as we chat absolute random stuff. The amount yes. of rabbit holes we've gone down this year has been incredible to so many yeah. weird and wonderful places as well. And of course, all of you for listening, you know, we, we've got... Yeah, thank you so much for watching. Exactly, you know, watching, listening, you know, whether you've followed us on Spotify, whether you've just stuck around on YouTube all season. This would be a waste of time talking to Matt if we didn't get views. <laughs> Thanks for that, mate. Thanks for that. Um, but, I mean, like we said, you know, the, the, we, we're kind of labelling this as the end of 2022, of course. We're going to be back with weekly shows still throughout the winter break. So, you know, we, we've got plenty more bits and pieces to discuss. I mean, let, let's just be honest here, Jamie, quickly. We've got so many things we want to do with this show, haven't we? Yeah. Down the line. So many different sort of weird and wonderful little plans that we've got. Maybe a few of them will sort of cement themselves over the winter break as well. We'll wait and see about that. But, you know, it's it still it feels it still genuinely feels to me like this is the beginning of knowing wheel rather yeah. than anything else. Yeah. I think we've we've got a lot of different things that we want to take on with this. But oh, I guess then, for the final time of twenty twenty two, GG's to Jamie. You have absolutely rinsed me in most of the competitions in we've everything. done. Yeah. However, I did predict Charles Leclerc would... No, I didn't, did I? You said Perez. No, you said Perez would beat Leclerc, didn't you? And I said Leclerc would hang on. No, I said Leclerc would. Damn it. We both, I, think we, I think we both did. Damn but it. Yeah. I think... No, we definitely went the opposite there. Um, uh, I did okay. say Ocon would beat Alonso, though, which I don't think you did. I don't think I did. No, maybe... I think I did. 
We'll have to, I don't know. Let's go watch it back. Who knows? I'll, I'll probably Who right. knows? What, what an awful way to outro the show. But <laughs> yeah, episode 87, we'll be back next week. I think it's for the Robert Kubica tribute show, isn't it? It is. And Rio Harianto. And Rio Harianto. And then after that, I think, is Oscar Piastri. Oh, no, we've already done the Oscar Piastri one, I think. It'll be Adrian Suttle next. Adrian Suttle, number 99. What a baller. And Giovinazzi. And Giovinazzi as well, of course. But thank you all so much for listening. Jamie, were you going to say something? I was going to say we forgot about Pascal Verline 94. We we did forget about Pascal Verline as well. (laughs) We've got plenty of time over the winter break. Thank you all so much for listening once again. And, yeah, we'll be back next week, though. Uh, We'll be doing our grand recap of our 2022 predictions that is going to be quite a laugh, I think, because there were yes. some. We there were definitely some moments where we did not know wheel. Um, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, just thank you all so much for so the support over the course of the year. And yeah, knowing wheel is certainly not going anywhere anytime soon, whether for better or for worse. <laughs> <laughs>